We all have a story to tell. The longer our lives, the richer our stories. When I look at you, I see a woman of strength, integrity, character. A woman who has seen hardships, struggles, pain, and loss. A woman who has compassion, love, courage, and power. A woman who has succeeded, failed, and learned. A woman who will continue to persevere and thrive. When I look at you, I see a woman who is wise, not withered. Welcome to the Wise Not Withered show. I'm your host, Juliana. I am primarily a musician. I compose, play piano, and sing and dance with children for a living, but I've always had a passion for writing and for video games. The storytelling potential in games these days is essentially limitless, and so are the ages of the protagonists. You can read more about the Wise Not Withered global collaborative project, Phase 2.0, on my website, wisenotwithered.com. The goal of Why Is Not Withered as a whole, in all of its phases, is to expand representation of middle-aged and elderly women in a society that currently values feminine youth over wisdom. Here in Phase 1, Season 1, you'll hear inspiring life stories of various wise women that I personally know. We talk about upbringing, careers, romantic relationships, challenges, successes, and lessons learned. After each interview, I'll take a bit of time to reflect on what I learned from each woman and how her story relates to my own life. This week's episode features one of the very most important wise women in my own life, my mother. Definitely the silliest interview, but also one of the most emotional ones as well. We got super sidetracked and went on a lot of tangents, and I ended up cutting out over 30 minutes of our interview. I hope you enjoy the antics between my mom and me in this episode. So, hi, Mom. Hi, sweetie. How old are you? <laughs> 64. Oh, that's 64. A, that's a multiple of my favorite number. It is. And it's actually, yeah, two to the fourth? Two to the sixth power. Okay, lots of math. You like math, right? Yes. Okay. Was Do you... my favorite subject in school. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> Do you have any nicknames? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my parents used to call me Virgie, and I couldn't say that, so I, <laughs> I said Paji. You called yourself Paji, yeah, but then Paji. what does everyone call you now? Oh, um, when we went to the Philippines where, in 1971... Their nickname for Virginia is Jean. For Virginia. Oh. Jean. That's why. You got it it when you went to the Philippines? Yeah, before that it was Virgie. Oh. Yeah, no one calls you Virgie. Well, um, you might hear the president, the former president of the Lapoganian Club. He sometimes says Virgie. Oh, because he knew you before you you went to the Philippines. Yeah. Was that sort of a transformational trip? Or yes, it was, yeah, because that's where I got my hair cut off, too. I used to have long hair, like you, and then I got it cut short. And it's, and been, it's short been short ever, ever since? Almost, yeah. <gasps> wow! And how old were you then? 17. Wow! Was that after you graduated high no, school? it was the year before my senior year. Ah, oh, interesting. Okay. What was your relationship with your mother like? Oh, um... I guess at the beginning it was, uh, you know, like any child, but then I guess I, when I was getting older, I started rebelling as a, as a teenager. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, she would tell me, um, you should turn the light on to read, and I would purposely not turn the light on. <laughs> oh, like don't read in the dark? Yeah, don't read in the dark. Okay. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's silly. But then, so, <laughs> so you had your rebellious phase. That was a phase? Yeah. How long did that last? I know that in high school, she would always say, oh, you're not going to graduate, you'll get pregnant. Oh, like you're, God. Like all these other Filipino um, 
girls were getting pregnant and and when they had boyfriends and yeah. you know, when I had a boyfriend and I, I told her not only will I graduate I'll graduate as valedictorian. And you did, and I did. Yeah. That's cool. Do you think it was possibly like partly that you wanted to prove her wrong? But also you knew that you had more to your life than just having kids when you were in high school. Oh, yeah, yeah. More more than just (laughs) having babies. (laughs) I wonder what was different in your mindset than those of the other girls. I think that was one thing that my parents had instilled in me was that you get a good job. You go to school, get a good job, and then you can think (laughs) about having a boyfriend. Oh, huh. So, did you want to have a boyfriend in high school to rebel also? Uh, it might have been. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's going to be a rabbit hole that I go down and down and down. Yeah. Okay, so what kind of person was your mom? Oh, she was very hardworking, but she was also very social. She would organize parties, card parties, and, and um, bus like trips. Like you! Yeah. You work hard, but you always, you're like partying all the time. <laughs> and she organized <laughs> them, you know, and didn't wait for someone else to organize it. And so, yeah, I got my organizational skills from her. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. That's a good balance because you know how to work hard and really stay with it when you need to but then you can also wee and have fun yeah yeah that's good i like it those are some ways that you're similar to your mom are you similar to her in any other way that you can think of height (laughs) (laughs) she was 4'11 and i'm 4'10 yeah i never surpassed oh my god (laughs) so what ways are you different from your mom oh i like to exercise Oh, yeah. Well, that's kind of because of her, though, right? Yeah, because of her, yeah. But actually, um, I remember in fifth grade, I got this weekly reader. Oh, yeah. And I had this exercise regime uh, the first week, and I decided, I'm going to do that all summer. And that's where I I like doing calisthenics, like push-ups and sit-ups Yeah. So I started doing that then. Okay. But, okay, let's, let's... Elaborate more on the you exercise because of her. Why is that? Oh, because she um, got a stroke when she was 65. <gasps> so we were told there are four causes of her stroke. Was she was overweight, she had high blood pressure, hypertension, and diabetes. And, and all yeah, of that, exercise. and all of that can mostly be held off or prevented, kind yes, of like yes. from exercising a lot, yeah, like you do. Well, you watch what you eat, so you're not overweight. And then, like the high blood pressure, I don't have it at all because I exercise, okay. and the hypertension I don't have also, and the diabetes I don't have either because of the exercise and, and yeah, the, and the eating right. Yeah. Not a lot of fatty food. Uh-huh. <laughs> Except for chocolate. I know. <laughs> That's good chocolate. I mean, it's, it's good for you. It's good for you. Antioxidants. <laughs> mm-hmm. In copious amounts. <laughs> copious amounts of antioxidants. <laughs> okay. Not All right. <laughs> um, so you are employed. You're a technical writer. Yeah. But you also do like videos and you mentor people yeah the interns are interns but yeah so how would you describe your job to someone you just met that you're gonna talk to for like 30 seconds oh okay like how would you describe your job okay um uh i would tell them that i i write the um online help with these um applications and the online help and then i do videos on how to use the application and and then i also like to play with the application and, uh, <laughs> oh like the usability testing yeah, usability testing yeah. okay yeah and make sure the um the labels are are something that's easy to understand mm-hmm there are labels on the screen or text on the screen. We tried to make them very short because when they get translated to German, yeah. <laughs> they expand on the screen. Yeah, okay. So short and easy to understand. Right, very logical, straight into the point. Yes, exactly. Okay. Short and sweet. So... I love me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love that. Oh, my God. Um, let's see. So... You worked in a cannery. That was your first job? 
No. Oh, your mom worked mom. at the Cherry Queen. <laughs> no, no, oh, you worked at Almaden Vineyard. Okay, I mean, it's <laughs> which is similar. similar. Yeah, it's a, and you you looked at the bottles and I like the label and went insane. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching them go by, <laughs> make sure they were placed properly. <laughs> How old were you? Like, like? Oh, actually, I was below 15? the twenty-one, and so they took me off the bottling line when they realized that. Oh, it was wine bottles. Yeah, it was wine. I always bottles. thought it was milk bottles. No, Almaden Vineyards is a winery. Oh, oh, duh! Wow, I always thought it was milk. No, I just have this image of you like falling asleep, and all the <laughs> bottles are blurring together. Oh, they were blurring together. <laughs> But then, so they took me off the bottling line and I was helping the nurse out. They were hiring a lot of people then, so I would do the eye exams for her when they had to look at the dis- at the chart. So read the top line, read the second line, and you know. That, okay, that kind oh, of interesting. And then I would have them fill out the medical history. Huh. And then I would help her when, you know, there's breakage because if a bottle falls off the bottling line, they get cut and they, uh, and they come in. And did, Were there a lot of people? Not that many. Okay. And then, um, then I would also help the personnel lady who took care of their time cards. I remember one time um, she was out sick. And it was payday, and everyone was saying, well, when are we going to get paid? We we need to fill out our time cards. And so I, I had helped her before, and so I, I took it upon myself to say, okay, I'll help you fill out your time cards. So I helped them fill oh out my their gosh. time cards. And uh, and then they were they were happy because they were getting paid. <sighs> I was nineteen or 20. nineteen. Okay, yeah. this is it was a summer job in between um, at from college. I came back from college. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. So there were two summers that I worked. At right, home. right. Okay, and now is that the same place? At Elmwood Vineyard. And yeah. then straight out of that, you got a tech job. Oh no no! Um, then oh, the you got an summer, internship. Yeah, internship at IBM. Oh, okay. okay. The next summer was IBM. <laughs> yeah, so, and so uh, you met my dad. He was one of those those systems engineers using it at night, and I was working at night. <laughs> okay. Well, speaking of my dad, talk about the romantic relationships you've had. Who oh. was your first boyfriend? Was that Jess? Yeah, I guess it was. <laughs> <laughs> that face. Oh, I guess it was. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, so Jess was sophomore year and like why did you what did you like about him and why did you break up with him? Oh, I guess well we um he played trumpet really well. <laughs> <laughs> Is that it? Oh my god. I guess that was the thing. Yeah, he played uh, we were both in music the whole time like in junior high also together. And, oh, okay. Yeah, because we first started in um playing the, um, in junior high, yeah, in the band and orchestra. Okay, and so then, why'd you break up? Um, I guess we said let's break up and we'll get back together in my senior year because I guess we both wanted to <laughs> be with other people. Yeah, yeah, that's so funny. And then you never got back together with him, no, right? No, and, and I remember him saying that well, we're supposed to get back together. He would mutter, and I was, and I remember thinking to myself, I'm never going back. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> oh no! But he thought he. Yeah. Oh, that's that's sad. I know. Ah. <laughs> oh. And he's still pining to this day. Not really. He has he's, he has a fiance. Who, oh, that's good. <laughs> oh my God. Are you serious? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Let's let's focus. <laughs> okay. And then who was the second person? Your junior year. Oh, um, Ben Klein. He was a year younger than Ben me. Klein. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> Jess was sophomore year, and then. Ben was junior yeah, year. Yeah, but then somehow, maybe maybe in the summer before junior year, <laughs> uh, I did have a Filipino boyfriend because we used to go to um, Filipino dances together. I mean, we we were a t- dance troupe and we had dance practice and we would go dance at weddings and and oh Filipino my parties God. And, and we were and he would drive us. And I, Oh, for how long? Like just a few months? Yeah, I think it was the summer. Oh my gosh, yeah. summer fling! Yeah. And then, okay, the guy senior year. Ah, oh, wait. What's his name? What's a common name? John? Yeah. Oh, John. Okay. And how'd you meet him? 
Um, he was also a trumpet player. <laughs> In, in the band. Oh my god, that's so funny. Yeah. And was he your same year? No, you're younger also. Oh, that's Just funny. Like ben oh yeah, younger. wait, why'd you why'd you break up with the Filipino guy? What was his name? Dominique. Dominique. Why'd you break up with him? Um I think it was because um he wanted to have sex and I didn't. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Wow, that's very powerful. That you said no and then broke up. Yeah. That's good. I I like that. Good job. Me too. Good, good job. job. <laughs> good job, Mom. You're not going to catch me in that trap. Yes. <laughs> yes. Let's let's all applaud for that. That was good. Wow. And you were like 16 or 17? Yeah. Yeah. 16. I think. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So then yeah, there he was... was older. But he, he was fresh off the boat. <laughs> Did he have an accent and everything? Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, wow. A lot of those guys, I mean, that uh, we're in our dance troupe. Oh my God. <laughs> fresh off the boat. That's so funny. Okay, so then, then there was Ben, and why did you break up with him? You know, I don't remember. Um... It might have been because it was my senior year, and I was thinking that there's more. <laughs> That's so funny. More people to date. Yeah, yeah. How interesting. Yeah, because um, um, when I re-met his brother, he said, he said, Oh, I remember you were my, my brother's first girlfriend, and you broke his heart. That's what he told me. When you I know what? Him. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like you breaking someone's heart is, like, the most gentle heartbreak. I don't know. I don't see you being, like, an upsetting kind of dumper. Oh. So then why'd you break up with John? I think I know this one, but say it again. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, the thing was, uh, he said he needs a job, he needs a job. And I was thinking, well, what are you doing about the job? Why Are you looking? And he said, well, not really. So what would you say is... The reason why you broke up with him. Oh, he didn't have enough initiative. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. So it was you who ended it every time. What? Is so it, it was you who ended it I every time. So. <laughs> do do do. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, I don't know. I guess I had like these um, flings <laughs> with, like, in college. Yeah, in college with um, How people funny. in the dorms and. Um, <laughs> And then I guess um, two of them that lasted maybe a few months uh, were um, people that were in the College of Engineering and, and worked for IBM also. Did he ever date multiple people at the same time? At the same time? I don't know if they were at the same time because some of them were like, you know, one-night flings. <laughs> <laughs> How funny. But, um, You're like, I'm in college! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One guy that I really liked, he was someone at IBM, and but he smoked. <laughs> but um, but I liked him a lot. I remember he broke his foot, and I went to visit him in the hospital and brought him a, a plant. And but then there was this girl there, and I was thinking, oh, I wonder if that's his girlfriend. <laughs> oh, and you had never like talked about no. your undying love. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. What was his name? Barney. <laughs> Barney Lou. He was Chinese. Oh, huh? And then you met... Oh, yeah, actually, Herman Jew. He worked at IBM also, and but, <laughs> but he was the one who contacted me much later, after you were born. Said, oh, asking... Do you have a little Juliana? Yeah. yeah, and you're like, oh, I do! Yeah. How'd you know? Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Okay, and then was there anyone else before my father? No, I think... That was it. Okay. So, why did you marry my dad? Oh, well, we were living together in Maryland for a while. I mean, when I moved Or, I mean, like, like what what drew oh. you to him? Oh. You weren't I just mean, suddenly living together? <laughs> oh, I guess I'll marry him. <laughs> oh, I guess because he, he was kind of crazy. Well, he, crazy? he liked to joke a lot, and yeah, that was fun. And, and then... Um, <laughs> 
And then um, when he was out here um, getting his system together um, at night and during the day, we went um, hiking at Muir Woods. And so, oh. you know, he was open to doing those things, hike at Muir Woods. And, yeah. and then we went to the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> my favorite place to go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Chocolate Factory. Okay. And, and then we biked. That's when I bought, um, we bought oh. my 10 speed. We both bought 10 speed. And, <laughs> and we rode our bikes in Maryland a lot. Yeah, did he ever talk about work? Or not really? Um, actually, we did, and he was always kind of pedantic about it. Why am I not surprised? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And oh, then, my God. And then when, um, just before your brother was born, I was giving presentations at these user conferences, and, and then I, and I remember at one point before I started giving the presentations, I was saying, finally, there's something I know more about than you do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, that's yeah. so funny. And what do you think led to the demise of that relationship? Um, well, I was thinking it was because um, he liked to talk about current events and politics, and I did not. <laughs> I didn't. I like doing things, you know. That's why mm-hmm. I, I organized. I organized bike trips. I organized bridge parties. Yeah, bridge game parties and. And so was my dad not really interested in doing that? Oh, he did the biking too. Would you say you ended the marriage or he did? Or was it mutual? It was kind of mutual. Yeah, we tried going through um, therapy. Um, Right. Yeah. And then why do you think, like you you dated a lot in college. Uh Why were you just really focused on raising us? Like, oh, why yeah. do you think you didn't date anyone? Or, or was it... What, what do you mean, date anyone Like, when? between my dad and Tian. Oh! Like, there was nobody at all, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. Like, not even, like, a, like a fling or anything, no, right? not a fling. I was just focused on you guys, and then I figured I don't need the heartache of... It's too much trouble. Yeah, so between my ages of 2 and 24, right? Yeah. So, 22 years. So, what do you think drew you to Tian? It was the biking, because um, I remember Zenny used to always tell me, you should do an online dirtying service. I said, oh, that's so artificial. I'd rather meet someone doing what I like doing, is what I told her. Let's put that on a plaque. I like that. That's a good one. I feel like that's that's so... That's just such a good piece of advice. I mean, kudos to people that find someone through online dating, but I do feel like you're more likely to have an authentic, genuine connection if you are doing something that... That you both like. What is something that you learned from my dad? (laughs) (laughs) well okay so let's let's phrase it so yeah so he taught me bridge (laughs) okay i guess well that was fun i guess an intellectual game you listened to what you needed in terms of who you dated and had relationships with like Mm -hmm. did you ever feel stuck oh stuck yeah oh i guess in the last couple years of marriage with your dad oh Yeah. I was thinking, oh, this seems perfunctory. <laughs> <laughs> so matter of fact. Oh my god! Oh my god! That that just seems so matter of fact. Like not. Oh my god! I'm falling out of love, or I hate my husband, or ah, like he never does this. Oh, this this seems rather perfunctory. <laughs> Like, that's just so calm. Such a calm way of saying, oh, I think I'm going to get divorced soon. <laughs> or I think I'm going to end this marriage soon. Actually, uh, I, I guess 
like for me, I guess I wasn't going to make the move, but he, your dad was the one who made the move. He said he filed for divorce. Oh, yeah. what does that even look like? How do you do that? You like go to lawyers? Yeah, and, you go to the lawyer and, and you so file papers. And, and, and so, so like, did he just come to you one day and be like, I filed these papers? Well, no, he told me he was going to do it. And I said, okay. And then I said, he like, just said, okay. <laughs> yeah. I said, okay, I'll get a lawyer too. And actually one of my, our bridge friends was a, is a lawyer. So I got him. <laughs> Oh my God. And so Chris and I were seven and two at that point. Yeah. Or when did you start the divorce process? How was, long did it that, take? that time? Um, did it take months or was it like really no, quick? No, it was pretty quick because we, we had to sell the house. And so we sold <sighs> the house um, in March. And Okay. Oh, so now, now we're getting to the year you turned 40, right? Oh, that is the year I turned 40. This is going in chronological yeah, order. Okay, yeah. so what happened that year? That's a crazy year. Oh, okay. Yeah, that year. Um, yeah, we sold the house in March, so we moved here. So you sold the house and you moved, moved because in, you got divorced. Um, the papers weren't finalized yet. The papers were finalized in September. Okay. Yeah. But, but before in the that, meantime, so we moved in March... Then my dad died in May, and then um, then the papers, the divorce was finalized in September. And, and then your I got job <laughs> in October. But then, then I got my black belt in December. Yay! <laughs> oh, that's so cool! I love it because suddenly I had time. I didn't. I wasn't working, and they were paying me. Um, until the end of the year. And you um, were like, I have so much anger and pain. I'm going to punch it all away in a beautiful, artistic, healthy fashion. Yeah. <laughs> was that kind of? Well, kind of, yeah. yeah was, <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like that. It, it was, a, yeah, it was a good outlet. Um, outlet. I feel like that is one of those lows where your life can go in many different directions. Yeah. You know, like sink into a depression, like maybe get addicted to drugs or like some kind of coping mechanism. Oh, but I couldn't do that with two little kids. I mean, you <laughs> could have, though, yeah. you know, like yeah. that's a scary thing. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm very grateful that you had resilience and, but, and yeah. well, actually, faith I, in yourself that you could even do that. Yeah, but I knew that, that getting laid off wouldn't be a bad thing because I was going to be paid six months. Okay. Severance pay. And I was being paid till the end of the year anyway, plus six months. And so I thought, okay, okay now I have time to spend on my kids. And Interesting. Myself. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, I, like, I guess, I guess then, then your sense of purpose became more about your children. Yeah. Before I got laid off, um, I she got telling, laid off. Yeah, I remember telling your brother, I said, um, I'm having a meeting this morning with uh, my manager, and I said, I might get laid off. And at first he said, oh, what, what does, does that, that mean? mean? <laughs> <laughs> and he was seven. Yeah, yeah. And, <gasps> Little seven-year-old Chris. Yeah. He's so I, confused. Yeah, and I said, oh, I won't um, be working. But I said, but it's not too bad because I'll be paid for six months and I can spend more time with you is what I said oh okay that sounds like a really cute conversation yeah. oh my gosh yeah and so I said so if I come pick you up early because he was in the after school yeah. camp, then, then you know I got laid off and so, <laughs> so, so then so I yeah so I drove up and he saw me coming and said yay she got laid off she got laid off <laughs> Because so he has no idea what that means, except for now, mommy gets to spend more time with me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so cute. Oh my god. Well, well yeah, laid off. I mean, well, he knew that I, you know, I wouldn't be making as much money, but I. Um, I mean, uh, does that even matter to a kid if no, you spend more time with them? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, kids are conditioned to learn the value of money, but I feel like. The value of love is sort of, like, innate. Yeah. Okay, so here's a kind of silly one. Or whimsical, like me. <laughs> or what is one item that you spent a small amount of money on but has a lot of personal value? It's a small amount of money. 
has lots of value. I feel like you have a lot of those. Really? I don't know, like oh, like I pens and like my what? I don't know, oh, like pens? you have nice pens. Oh yeah, pens with different colors. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I like doing the different. Well, yeah, my logs. My, yeah, and like I your like my, your planners my, and my stuff. Planners and my, well, what's and what's my, something that comes to mind though? And I don't need to tell you what you find oh, important. Well, yeah, I didn't really know. I guess I guess I used to like stationery because then I would oh, write, yeah. write to different people and and uh, and then journals too because I used to write in journals all the time. Mm-hmm. But they they were very very good for my um, psyche. Psyche, yeah, psyche. Do you <laughs> my piece of, I mean, sense of well-being and I mean, when help think things. Through. Yeah, yeah. When did you journal? Um, a lot when we first moved in this house. Oh, like like making sense of your divorce. Yeah, and, that and um, oh yeah, and your father's passing and yeah, yeah, yeah. And then my mom the next year. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, oh yeah. wow! Yeah, so that helped a lot. Right, and then you couldn't really talk to us about it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> We'd be like, "What are what are these complex concepts and feelings that we children can understand?" <laughs> do you still have those journals? Of course, um, you do. Actually, there was one journal I used to write whenever um, I used to visit my mom, and uh, the very last time she had her stroke, um, we would write. Everybody would write what they were thinking in in the journal. Um, everyone um, when we were visiting. And, Who's um, everyone like? Like, like Uncle Gina, Silver? Uh, okay, Auntie Gina. I think Auntie Gina wrote things. I I was writing a lot. Auntie Gina wrote things too. Maybe Uncle Silver wrote one or two things, but it okay. was mainly Auntie Gina and me would write in there. And I'm sure I still have that somewhere, <laughs> huh? In my room somewhere. Okay, name two or three mentors you've had over your lifetime, excluding family, like oh. excluding parents or family members. Huh? You know, I'm not sure. Sure. Hmm, yeah, you've kind of been a trailblazer in your own right, haven't you? Yeah, I guess um maybe one well, I'm not sure he was if he was really a mentor or not. He was more like a, a like a dad or a grandfather, my first manager at IBM and um yeah, he was saying, So what do you want to do when you graduate? And uh, and he said, We'd like to offer you a job and I said, Well I'm gonna live in Maryland and he said, Oh, he has a friend there and you can <laughs> interview there. So I did. Okay, so he kinda helped you on yeah. that path. Yeah. Did you have any influential teachers, like professors, um, my, or even oh, high in, school? In, in high school, well, actually, in um, fifth grade, Miss huh? Hubbard. <laughs> oh, and you were her first class, right? Yeah, yeah. What do you remember well, from her? Um, I remember. Well, I didn't do so well with fractions, but somehow in the poem she made up. I ended up doing very well with um, fractions, and I guess that's when I started liking math. Oh, huh. Interesting. Yeah. So, I, yeah, she's one that, I guess, that helped me. Um, Mrs. Hubbard? Yeah, Mrs. Hubbard. Hmm. And there you have them, down to the last. I'll never forget them, my very first class. That's so cute. Yeah, she, that was, yeah. that she was like... My children, and you shall hear. <laughs> And it wasn't the Midnight Ride of Paul. Yeah. It was um, whatever it was of the (laughs) class. (laughs) That's so cute. And that was like 55 years ago or something? Yeah. Like you were 10? Yeah, 65. Yeah. It was 1965. Wow. Any other mentors? Mentor people that taught Um, you important life lesson? The lesson of life. And the people that teach you them. I don't know if it was really a mentor, but one of my IBM friends, she did the um, creating class and then um, how to create, I remember. So that's when creating. we were trying to get in touch with our inner self. And <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds like stuff that I'm doing right now. Oh, yeah. Like, like what, what was that about? Um, it was, yeah, trying to think of what, what's your purpose in life and... Oh yeah, what and wait. So what? What did you come up with? Well, that I it wasn't 
me myself that would be great, but it would be my kids that would be great. Like me! Because yeah. I'm doing so many little creative projects. Yeah, yeah. I have like so many ambitions for myself. <laughs> that's great. Yay! That's so interesting. And how old were you at that point? Before kids. So, like what? 30. Do- I was 30. And so when you had, so two years before kids. Yeah. And so were you like, I'm going to give these kids lots of education and... Yeah, and to them every night. <laughs> play Mozart. <laughs> yeah. I think that helped, though. Watch Sesame Street is okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Go outside. Yeah, play. Yeah, play at parks. Yeah, so and socialize. So that's why I joined these mothers groups so that yeah. we have play dates. <laughs> that's good. Lots of play dates. Okay. Any other mentors? You know, you'd think I'd had some at IBM, but or are you still in a male dominated field? Like does it still feel like that or do you have a lot of female coworkers now? I have a lot of female coworkers and at, my at SAP the... is is um, making it a point to increase the number of female executives. Oh, good. Oh, excellent. Oh, that's good. So would you say maybe you were, like when you first started working there, though, were you one of the only females? Oh, at SAP, no. Or how about like IBM? At IBM, maybe, Um, yeah, because a lot of systems engineers, um, they were were men, and but... um, yeah, and I remember working with um, the bankers, bankers, right? Yes. Yeah, and they they would treat me uh, like, "What do you know about computers, little girl?" And yeah, wait. So, so talk more about that. Like, were there any moments where you felt limited, either by being female or being a woman of color? Um. Or did you not really let that kind of stuff I, get to yeah, you? Yeah, I didn't let it get to me. I just kept doing my job. Okay. So, getting a little heavier, what was your first experience of grief? Of grief? Oh, I guess when my, we called him Grandpa. He was my great uncle. Well, we called him Grandpa. Um, Grandpa. He, I think he, I was only 13 or 14, but he used to come over. He was my mom's uncle. Okay. That's why I called him Grandpa, because it was, he was her, um, her father's brother, mm. Ranches. So, his oh. name was, what was his name? Andy, Andy Ranches. Andy Ranches. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what was that like? Oh, yeah, I was really sad. He used to come over a lot and because, you know, he, we were his family. But he worked on the farm, but he would come over to our house and a lot. Be, and my mom would call him Luted, which means uncle. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and we, we would call him Grandpa. I forget how old I was. I guess I was five or six, and I would be sitting on his lap and we'd all talk, <laughs> talking to him. And, uh, yeah. and then, yeah, he would come over and play cards also when, when my mom um, had these card parties. Mm-hmm. But then I remember when he died, um, another farmhand uh, came over and was knocking on, the, on our window, and he told, he told us that um, they found him in his car um, parked at the side of the of the farm and I guess he had a heart attack. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. How old was he? I don't know how old he was. Like 60s? Yeah, I think 60s. Oh. Or maybe 50s. Oh my gosh. Hmm. Because he was still working on the farm as a farmhand. Huh. Yeah, they had a lot of farms, you know, um, yeah. you know where the um, Great Mall is and all that. All it was around there that he worked. Oh it was all wow! There and it's changed in the last like how 40, many fifty years? Wow, yeah. that's so interesting. Yeah. How did your life change after his death? Oh well, actually, I remember being sad, and I played the piano. I played all these piano pieces, and mm-hmm. just kept playing and playing them, and especially the ones in minor keys. <laughs> <laughs> the melancholy. Yeah, I guess I was sad because um, uh, for the last part of his life, I was kind of mean to him. <laughs> I was, uh, you know, becoming a teenager, and you know, and <laughs> and then um, I guess I was. 
kind of a little mean to him. How so? I don't remember now. I guess he would say things, and I would say, eh, eh, eh. Ah, teenager. So what lessons would you say you learned about life or death that you would pass on to other people? Oh, about life or death. Or your child right now? Mm. Lessons. Well, yeah, I guess if um, something gets you down, um, try not to, well, I guess you could focus on it, but don't dwell on it. Do things that make... That make you feel better, like music. That was one thing. Music helps. Yeah, music helps a lot. It does. Okay, what is one of the biggest challenges you've overcome? Either a specific situation or simply over the course of your lifetime. Um, Biggest challenge? I guess, well, I guess it's, it's the whole thing. We grew up poor. And then so going to college and getting a good job was one of the big things. Yeah, you really you really did the American dream. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we did. Your parents were immigrants working in a cannery and on the farm, yeah, right? Yeah. Actually my dad ended up working as a busboy at a Fourth Street Bowl. At the bowling alley, yeah, right. The bowling alley, yeah. <laughs> And he was in his 60s when he had that job? 50s? 50s, 50s. Oh, wow. Yeah, he was 51 when he got married, 53 <laughs> when he married me. That's so interesting, because he was 19 years older than your mom. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so what hobbies do you have? Oh, hobbies. <laughs> well, I, nowadays. <laughs> you have so many hobbies. Oh. Like, your life is just hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> Race walking, I love race walking, and yeah, and then um, um, oh, biking, and um, oh, puzzles, <laughs> like jumble puzzles. and Sudoku. Yeah, and then also jigsaw puzzles. <laughs> yeah, like the actual physical ones. Yeah. Right. I don't know. I feel like those kinds of puzzles aren't as fun on the phone or something oh, especially yeah like jigsaw puzzle oh, when you're dragging it yeah oh, but yeah, like yeah. when you actually put a piece into yeah, like something it, satisfying about putting yeah it in. like them snapping in yeah. place oh that's why the wooden ones mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> kick 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 yeah. okay yeah, so, so do you have children yes <laughs> a boy and a girl five years apart a boy and a girl how would you describe your children oh <laughs> crazy <laughs> crazy children crazy children but very creative and intelligent both went to college thanks to you <laughs> graduated yeah so what things do you feel you've been able to accomplish because of your children oh uh, what have I been able to accomplish because of my children um a lofty sense of pride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I do have a lot of pride <laughs> in what you you guys accomplish. Like I like I always like your your gigs. <laughs> That's that always makes me proud. Yeah, I, I liked I liked it when. Um, uh, your very first chorus concert, Gail comes up to me and she says, do you have a child or a grandchild in, in the chorus? I said, no, my daughter's a teacher. <laughs> okay, what would you consider your greatest success in life so far? Oh, greatest I mean, I guess you have those. I got those on the daily. I'm just so successful. Like, you you have, like, all these successes all the time. Because oh. you do your marathons and your yeah, your yeah. bike things and all well, the I events guess, with your group. my job is my success because that's what allows me to do, like, the marathons. Right. I mean, I wouldn't be able to pay for them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and longevity in your career. Yeah. How many years have you been in the, the computer, computer science industry? industry? Since 1975. So. That's really interesting. Okay, so it's been a long time. You've been in your job. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, I really like my job. Okay, was there a defining moment in your life when you felt you became an adult? Oh, became an adult. I'm an adult now. 
Not really. I guess there were little times when you know I felt I had a lot of responsibilities, like when my mom would go to work and my brother would go crying after her and she'd bring him back and and we'd lock him in the bedroom and she'd give me the key and I'd let him out. <laughs> That's so sad. I know. I know, that was so sad. And then also when I... Um, when he was asleep and I would go warm up his mouth in the morning and stick the bottle of nipple in his mouth. <laughs> and so he would just wake up like, oh, yay. Yeah, yeah. That's, so, <laughs> that's so funny. He was like three years old. Um, yeah, I think he was two or three. And he yeah. still remembers that. Yeah, he does. That's remember so cute. Three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe even four. <laughs> Before he went to kindergarten. <laughs> and you still called him boy. Yeah, we called him boy. Then. Oh, my God. That's just, and then I guess that's maybe, so funny. Maybe I felt like an adult. I guess when I was driving um, and I was teaching these Filipino kids. Uh, yeah, yeah, piano lessons. Huh, yeah. And then I would hold um, recitals. Oh, where would you hold them? In my parents' <laughs> living room. And and then all their parents would come, and, and it would be like a little party. <laughs> That's so cute. And every, all the kids would play. Uh-huh. And the parents piano. Would, would, would remark about how the, you know, the other kids were doing. That's so had, cute. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And then my brother, being the competitive guy, <laughs> he would be the judge to see who played the best. And it was always Regina. She's the oldest. <laughs> Rick's sister. Oh, so he wouldn't, he wouldn't take into account, like... Ages and ability level. Yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't <laughs> discern that. <laughs> How old was he? Like 14? Yeah. Oh my God, that's so funny. Okay, what piece of advice would you share with younger women that you wish you had known when you were younger? Oh, that I wish I'd known when I was younger? Or maybe maybe yeah. cut that part out because you don't really live like that. Yeah. I wish I knew that. You're just like, I've made mistakes, but I learn and I'm good. Yeah, yeah, well, so yeah. what, what's and just then, a piece of advice that you would offer to younger people now? Well, don't be afraid to try things. You, even if you fail, I mean, you learn from your failures. With so many things, just to add on to that, like, what does it mean to fail anyway? Yeah, it's a learning experience. And that's, mm. I guess I don't really, yeah, consider things as failures, but they're learning experience. I get work all the time, you know, and people um, something like, doesn't I like, work. I like getting all the feedback and people will say, oh, we got to fix a bug. But I was like, oh, but that's good. Because and that's part feedback. of your job, too. Yeah, yeah. And it's making it better. And make it better. And then I think of, oh, like, since I'm doing that here, let's go, let's extend it over here and do this yeah over here too yeah i wonder i think a lot of people get caught up in like what they think that mistake means about them as a person Mm. like oh i messed up here so that must mean i am you Mm. know incompetent or Mm. stupid or like i can't do anything Or, like, they, they make that mean more than it actually is. Yeah, yeah. Or get caught up in what other people will think because yeah. of the mistake they made. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's bad. That can be so crippling. It could be. Oh, actually, one thing that I always used to live by, my motto, is that um, I can do anything if I put my mind to it. Yeah. That's how I am with this project because oh, it's really huge and oh, it's scary yeah, yeah. but you just break it up into smaller pieces. and that's what i've been doing yeah, that's good and this is one of the first steps so thank you for being part of it oh, you're welcome. i love you I already knew that my mom is and always has been a warrior, not a worrier. She's direct, always forward-facing and sharp, but also very compassionate, tolerant, and understanding. I just love the story of how in her 40th year, she went through a series of challenges. Her father's death, moving to a new house, divorce papers finalized, losing her job, but at the end of the year, she triumphed through all of the pain and earned her black belt in Taekwondo. My mother has never been someone to take out her anger on other people. She has always found healthy ways of channeling challenging emotions, whether through journaling, 
or heavy exertion exercise. I have found that I am also at my best when I make time to journal frequently and get my high-intensity interval training workouts in a few times a week. I personally didn't discover the joys and benefits of regular exercise until my last year in college five years ago. Having a powerhouse biker, race-walking marathoner as my mother really helped me solidify the healthy habits that she probably always wanted me to follow, but never forced upon me. One of the most emotional parts of this interview, which I actually cut out for personal reasons, was when we talked about my mom and dad's divorce back when I was two years old. I had grown up knowing about particular events that happened that really damaged their marriage, and for most of my life, I had actually believed that I had been an attempt at saving their marriage that did not work. I opened up to my mom about that feeling of guilt that I carried for so many years, and she at first was shocked that I even thought that, then assured me that she had always wanted a daughter. She figured she would have another child with my dad so that my brother and I would have the same parents. It's so fascinating to me that all this time, I had been shouldering an essentially imaginary burden, one that I had made up and had never spoken out loud. My mom had always wanted a daughter, and even though her marriage ended up in divorce, she still got what she wanted. It was a really life-affirming conversation we had, and I'm so glad that I told her about how I felt. I had already begun to do some deep work on myself previously, so I knew on a logical level that I was not responsible for the divorce. But talking with my mom about it helped relieve any residual pain and guilt that I was still holding. I also knew about my grandmother's strokes, but it was really alarming to hear that her first stroke was when she was 65, just one year older than my mom is now. I'm so grateful that my mom does everything she can to stay healthy, since that directly affects the amount of time that I get to spend with her. I hope my own children someday will get to know their maternal grandmother in ways that I was never able to. Something that wasn't outright said, but is abundantly clear through the way we interact, is that my mom has always allowed me to be exactly who I am. I have always been an eccentric person, using silly voices and singing and dancing whenever I feel the urge. But she never once made fun of me, never told me in words or implications to stop being weird or girls shouldn't act like that, and would only tell me to stop talking or singing if she was on the phone. I credit the blossoming of my creative and zany nature to my mother and her ability to let me be in a safely contained space. I am really happy that I was able to talk with my mom about all the things we discussed, and I would highly encourage everyone else to talk with their own mother too about her life if you have the opportunity to do so. There were definitely lots of things that I already knew about her, but there was just something about putting it all together that led to a new perspective on this amazing woman that gave me life. Thanks for listening to the Wise Not Withered show. If you found this episode particularly interesting or inspiring, please leave a thumbs up, comment, share, and subscribe. Check out wisenotwithered.com for interview partial transcripts, as well as updates about Phase 2, the Global Collaborative Project. Head on over to the Wise Not Withered Instagram page for inspirational quotes from each interview. Join the Wise Not Withered movement by sharing your own story or by interviewing a wise woman in your life and sharing through your favorite social media platform. Use the hashtag WiseNotWithered. Thanks again.